0: Nashville, Tennessee. When legislators in Nashville decided that the small house where they met to govern the affairs of the state of Tennessee was inadequate for their purposes, they asked architects all across the country to submit proposals for a new state capital. Despite competition from architects such as Aldiifus Hyman, who had already designed several admired structures throughout the state, William Strickland won the contract. There was a fierce opposition to the choice. Hyman was a great architect who had made his home in Tennessee, while Strickland was from the industrial North, an area that strove to extinguish the South and its distinct way of life, and had worked mostly in the Northeast. Despite the initial resistance, Strickland managed to find a place for himself in both Tennessee history and consciousness. The man from the Northeast who some hail as one of America's greatest early architects, has become inexorably linked to the Tennessee State Capitol. In fact, Strickland moved to Nashville when he received the contract, and then lived there for nine years before dying. His body was interred within the State Capitol, and even now, over a century and a half after his death in 1854, he can still be seen walking the halls of the state capitol, his testament to Greek design and classicism. William Strickland arrived in Nashville in 1845 with plans for a building 232 feet by 124 feet with surrounding terraces and a Doric basement, four Ionic porticos, and a Corinthian tower in the center of the roof. His designs resonate so strongly with Tennesseans that public buildings throughout the state were erected with Strickland's designs in mind. The irony, of course, is that the building that continues to be sourced of much inspiration and pride was, for its creator, the source of far too much aggravation and frustration. While the cornerstone of the building was laid on July 4th of 1845, Bureaucratic conflicts hampered the building's construction, delaying its completion for nine years. The project had started and stalled a number of times, usually because of funds were depleted, but more often because Strickland became enraged with the man chosen to oversee his work, Samuel Morgan, handpicked by the Capitol Commission. Samuel Morgan was a willful man who would not relent on his decisions. It was his job to keep Strickland under budget, and to do so, he initiated a number of arguments over building materials, labor costs, and most insulting of all, design concerns. Strickland saw Morgan as a man who understood little about art, while Morgan saw Strickland as someone prone to flights of fancy and with little regard for the state's budget. Yet Strickland preserved all the while seemingly aware of his own mortality. Why else would he have designed a vault in the Capitol's north wall with instructions to interior his body there upon his death? During glues and construction, or when he needed a break from the politics of his works on the state Capitol, Strickland designed grand mansions inspired by Italian villas and the first Pribisterian church, with its Egyptian influences. He died on April 7th, 1854, and while the capital had been in use since 1853, the structure had not been completed. Strickland's son, Francis, oversaw the completion of the building. The final stone was finally put in place on July 21st, 1855. When completed, the Capitol had indeed become everything that Strickland had first envisioned. For all of Morgan's stubbornness, Strickland's vision was realized, save for one little wrinkle. When Morgan died, fate seized upon his passing as an opportunity to offer up one of its infamous twists. Coincidentally, Morgan was interred within the North Wall alongside Strickland. The enmity that existed between the two in life has not abated in death, even with the typical of the capital's construction behind them. The two have been unable to forgive or forget and continue to bicker and squabble well into their afterlives. The Capitol is often the scene of heated debate and conflict as state legislators attempt to determine how to best serve the people. However, the building usually falls silent after bags have been packed and rooms cleared for the evening. Or so security guards hired to patrol the grounds would have thought. Patrolling the grounds late one evening a guard stopped abruptly outside the Capitol. He stood by a window, sifting through the sounds of traffic and the night trying to make sense of what he had heard. Somewhere beneath the hum of traffic, he heard voices. The building was empty. That much he knew. He had just completed a tour of its halls, and when he was inside, all he heard was the echoing of his footsteps down the deserted hallways. But now it sounded as if a heated argument were taking place. Given the facts, how could that be? A quick look around the Capitol revealed that all its doors were still locked, ruling out the possibility of an intruder. Unsure of what he could do on his own, he placed a call to the police department, asking them to investigate the noise. Officers arrived and searched the Capitol, but found nothing. An officer familiar with the Capitol giggled. He knew what the security guard was seeking. Having spent many dark nights in the empty capital, the guard found that the officer's suppressed laughter, upsetting, and demanded to know what was so amusing. The police officer explained, detailing to the guard how Nashville came to have its Capitol building and two ghosts besides. The security guard stared at the officer incredulous. Just wait, said the officer. You'll be a believer yet. The more the security guard worked at the Capitol, the more he became convinced that the officer had been telling the truth. There was something strange about the building. He heard two strident voices ringing throughout the halls, often, and began to see that arguments always took place around the north wall, when the guard asked a superior who had been working at the Capitol for years why that seemed to be the case. The superior replied, as if the answer were obvious, hey. It's where those two boys are buried, Strickland and Morgan. They're both in there. Strickland and Morgan are still in the wall, still squabbling over their visions for the Tennessee State Capitol, both forever enshrined in the same building. That's dedication.